0: to our midweek Bible study here at Liberty Christian Church International. I'm excited. Let's go ahead and just get into some word on this evening. Um, do me a favor, if you're with me online, go ahead and share uh, this on your post. I'm excited about this word tonight. I've been preparing for you all evening uh, throughout, ever since Sunday, I've been preparing for this word for you because it's a major topic and major discussion Um as we get ready to go before uh, before we get into this word tonight, I do want to open us up with a word of prayer. And I want to play a song for you. It's been a song that's been on my spirit and on my heart, and I want to play this song for you. Um, but if all hearts and minds are prepared, uh, once again, do me a favor, share this on your page. I'm not going to hold us tonight. I'm going to get us in and out, hopefully, on this evening. Um, I know a lot of you all are busy. With kids and different things and dinner and everything else, Um, but let's go before the throne of grace, Father God. In the name of Jesus, I just thank you, God, for this time. I thank you, God, for this opportunity. I thank you, God, for bringing us through this day, God. We know, God, that some people did not make it, God, but you saw fit to allow us to make it just another moment, another time, just to be able to give you glory, to be able to give you honor, to be able to give you praise to simply uh, just thank you, God, for who you've been in our life. So, God, whatever sins we've done today, sins of admission and sins of omission, we ask, God, that you uh, forgive us of our sins, God. We repent with with a sincere heart and a sincere mind. Take those sins and wash us clean, O God. Cast those sins into the sea of forgiveness never to be remembered again, God. We honor you, we worship you, and we adore you. It is in Jesus' name, the name that is above all other names, the name that uh, you s- that Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So draw us unto you, O God, so that we can get a clarity, get an understanding, get a right perception, and right, uh, right understanding of your word on this evening, O God. It is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen, amen, amen. I do Want to play a song real quick, and I just want to play it as a worship song for us on this evening. It's not a traditional contemporary worship song, but it is a song that speaks a lot. Um, today, if you heard me talk about somebody going through a struggle in my uh, Facebook Live video, somebody going through a struggle, but um, and how to know that. Um, just be assured that God is with you in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your challenges. Um, but I want you to hear this song. It's, a, it's not a new song, but it's an old song from L. Spencer and Smith, but this song has got me, gotten me through many days, um, reassuring me that God is with me. It's called Surgery. So listen to this real quick and then we're going to get into our word. Let's just have a moment of worship. because I believe somebody needs to know that God is simply still there in your life. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. He loves you. Um, He's actually uh, uh, enamored by you. He he enjoys everything about you. And so in the midst of all of that, I think we may have gotten muted for the song, but if you get a chance, I'll post a link to that song. Um, But uh, in the midst of all of that and in the midst of everything that we've been dealing with, you just simply need to know that God is not done with you. You're on the potter's will. You're in his hand. He loves you beyond measure. Um, he's never left you. The, b- the word said, he'll never leave you nor forsaken you. And so I just simply need somebody to know that. But on this evening, I want us to continue on dealing with this spirit of excellency as a Christian, as a kingdom citizen, as a Christian believer, as one of, the, uh, as one of his chosen his beloved. Um, you are adopted in a, as an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. So I need you to grab hold of that. And in the midst of this Bible study that we're going to have this evening, I need you to grab hold of this principle that uh, we serve a first-class God. Um, a first-class God. So in, in in understanding what a first-class God is, we need to realize that everything that God has done is first-class. Um, when we talk about first-class, we speak of his excellence, um, the way that he created us, the way that his word is structured, the way that his works are structured, the way that his deeds have been structured in the earth, that God does everything in excellence and he does it with a first-class mindset. Now, I know a lot of times when we think about first-class, we're talking about flights or airplanes, or we're talking about um, the way we go to a restaurant. But yes, yeah, that's a, an indicative trait of what I'm talking about. But understanding who God is. And that we serve a first-class God, a, a excellent God, a God who is um, about excellency. A- and so we have to begin to take on the mindset and on the nature that we there is a requirement from us. There's a standard from us that I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. There's a standard of excellency that we must operate in. Um, too often do we seem to come into the body of Christ and no longer want to hold up a standard of excellency. We seem to. Bring bring whatever we have uh, to God and expect it to be pleasing in his sight. We just give him our last. We give him the small minute time of our day. We give him this small minimum instead of giving him the best of our life, giving him the best of what we have. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about you, the best of who you are, your attributes, your gifts, your talents, the things that he's blessed you with. Instead of us returning to him the best, we give him the worst of our life we give him the the, the the things that are left over in our life and so tonight I really want to deal with how can we change the mindset of giving him our worst to now becoming a first class uh, kingdom citizen, giving God our best. Uh, And when I mean our best, even the best of what you've done wrong. God, here is my sins. Here's my worst sins. Here's what I succeeded in sinful nature at. Here, God, I'm giving this to you because I need deliverance from it. I need healing from it. I need salvation. I need to understand how to come out of this light. I need to, uh, I need something alternative. I need a different life than what I've been living. So here is the best of my sin. Here is all of it. Not just the small sins that I committed, but the big sins I committed. And as a kingdom citizen, we all have to have this mindset and this understanding and this opportunity of becoming a first-class kingdom citizen. Somebody say, I'm a first-class kingdom citizen. So when we're dealing with first class, uh, uh, first class God, I, I told you that everything that God does, he does in excellency. Everything that God does, he does with a purpose and a motive and a design for the future, not just for the right now. So we're going to look at scripture and see how God created us and how he did certain things in the earth that was done in excellency, that was done with first class, uh, first class mindset. One of my favorite teaching manuals, and I'm going to get to this this. Scripture on on tonight. Um, One of my favorite teaching uh, uh, materials, excuse me, as a pastor that I like for my leaders to understand is a is a book called Five Star Church. Um, and in this book, it talks about having church in, in, in the same manner as when you go to a five-star restaurant or a five-star hotel. When you go to a five-star hotel, you expect excellent service. You don't expect to go to Motel 6 and get, uh, uh, and get the Hilton's Honor benefits. Uh, when you go to Hilton, you don't expect to get the same service that you received at Motel 6. Now, I'm not talking about either one of them, but in excellence— Or or in excellence, you expect a certain type of service when you go to a certain establishment. When you go to Ruth Chris, you don't expect to see roaches crawling across the table. Amen? So how is it that us as kingdom citizens will give whatever it is or will display whatever it is and, and hold it under the auspices of I'm a child of God and this is the best I have to offer God? What is your best that you have to offer? What is the best out of your spirit? What is the best out of your mental? What is the best out of your heart's desire that you can offer God? Why? Because I want to show you in Scripture tonight how God gave us his best. Real quick, hold up your Bibles, your cell phones, your pads, or whatever you may have, and repeat after me, Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, And God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Amen, matter of fact, still do me a favor and share this on your page. Share this with somebody right now, so because I believe there are a lot of people that need to hear this because it will change the mindset and the way that you have operated as a kingdom citizen. Amen. So let's look at some scripture on this evening. And I got a lot of scripture and I wasn't able to put it into my presentation uh, for this evening. So I'm just going to share my screen so that you can see it and you get to see what's highlighted. We're going to look at the book of Genesis, the first chapter, looking at the first through the 25th verse. Genesis, the first chapter, looking at the first through the 25th verse. And it simply says this. Amen. It simply says this. Reading from the New American Standard Bible. It said, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surfaces of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good and separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning one day. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. God made the expanse and separated the waters which were were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was good. God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning, a second day. Then God said, let the waters below the heaven be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so God called the dry land earth and the gathering of the waters he called seeds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth sprout up vegetations, plant yielding seeds and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after the after their kind with seed in them. And it was good. And it was so the earth brought forth vegetation, plant yielding seeds and their kind and trees bearing fruit with the seeds in them and their kind. And God saw that it was good. There was it, there was evening and there was morning, the third day. Verse number 14. Then God said, "Let there be light in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let there be for sign and for seasons, for the days and years. And let there be for light in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth." And it was so. Verse number 16. God made the two great lights, the great lights to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. Verse number 20. Then God said, let the waters with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters, and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarmed after their kind, and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. These were the evening and there was the morning, the fifth day. Verse number 24 and 25, and I'm going to stop right there. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creepy things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Thank you for bearing with me while I read through that scripture. So now I need you to get an understanding of just what we took, we saw take place. This was the creation story, and we all know this story, and we know how God created in His image, created created us in His image and His likeness. But even before He created us in His image and in His likeness, we see that God created the earth, and after everything He created, the Bible says that God saw that it was good, or He. That it was good. No matter what it was that God orchestrated, no matter how He designed it, no matter what its purpose was, God said it was good. God was operating in a first class mentality. So it doesn't matter from the smallest, creepiest thing that. Crawled up underneath of the dirt. God still said it was good. God still saw that these things were good because it was His creation that He was establishing. It was His dominance that He was establishing. It was His design in the earth that He was establishing. So now, if we understand this and we understand how God exhibits excellence in every aspect, when we when we now begin to look at our own lives, we must realize that God never created. A us in a mediocre way. He never created us to be subservient to anything except for him. He never uh, he never created us to have a subservient role to the addictions in our life. He never created us to be subservient to uh to to certain rules and certain things that are that are applied here because we have taken the wrong mantle. But we know because of the sin of man that we were now uh, uh, we were now uh, uh, separated from certain things of God, but God never took away his divine purpose for man. God never took away his divine purpose for mankind. He never took away his divine calling for us to have st- uh, stewardship and dominion over uh, everything that he said from the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, every creepy thing that crawleth upon the earth. God gave us dominion to operate with a first-class mentality. So, my question to you is Have you been operating first class? Where is it in your life that has changed the way or the dynamic, and you've lived mediocre? You've lived outside of the purview of what God has said about you, what God has said to you. Because if you have changed your mindset, excuse me, I know our scripture came down, but if you have changed your mindset about who God is, or if you buy into the nature of what God said you should be, or what he said you should be doing, then you can reestablish that you have a first-class mentality. When, when, When you, all of us, when we fly, and, and I'm, I'm just throwing this in there. All of us, when we fly, we want to fly first class even when we can't afford it, even when we don't have the money to it, because it gives a certain air about it. You will go out of your way to afford something to give yourself a self-perception or give a perception that you are there. But even with our spiritual life, too often do we find ourselves not operating the way that God has called us to operate, and we miss the mark, and we miss the place that God has for us, because we refuse to to accept and do what it is he's called us to do. But tonight, we're going to change some things about us. We're uh, We're really going to get into understanding. See, the word good was used to define and describe what God created. So look at yourself real quick, look in your phone, look at yourself or whatever it may be, and look at yourself and say, God created me good. I don't care where you are in your life right now. I don't care what has happened to you right now. I need you to reassure yourself that I was created good by God. Yes, I've made mistakes. Yes, I've fallen. Yes, I've had issues that have happened in my life, but God created me good. So now I got to get my mind back to that place where I'm doing the things that made me good, even though I cannot, uh, I, I won't always be right. But one thing I can start with is my relationship with God. Somebody declare I got to start all over. I got to start brand new. I got to start in a place where, where where I'm doing the things that God has called me to do. I got to do the things that he said I should do. I got to do the things that I'm supposed to do, because uh, when God said that, uh, that the word that he used, when he said that he created it good, the word good means this. I'm complete. I'm total. I'm lacking nothing, and I'm one of a kind. I, I need somebody to really grab hold of that, that I'm complete. I'm total. That means everything that God put on the inside of you is complete for you, for your destiny. For your purpose, for your plan, for your design, everything that God has placed on the inside of you when he formed you, your DNA structure, the parents that he put together to have you, to form you. He, he put them together with a certain DNA map so that he could make you complete according to what he has for you and what he's purposed for you. Somebody declared that I'm complete. Not only that, I'm total. You're, you're, there, there is nothing missing from your, 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 your design that says that you're not total, that, that, that you don't have the uh, capacity or the ability to know who God is and to get a purpose or, uh, uh, or to, uh, to seek after your destiny according to his will and his design for your life. Amen. So now, if that's the case, now what is it that has happened to us? Well, sin has happened to us in a nutshell. The enemy has lied to us and told us that we needed a whole bunch of other stuff to make us complete, to make us total, to make sure that we're lacking nothing, and to make sure that we seem to be one of a kind. But that's not what God said. God said, I created you in my image and in my likeness. And if God is lacking nothing, that means you are lacking nothing. Somebody declared that I'm not lacking anything. I, 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 I'm really just not lacking anything. Now, I got to get my mindset right. I got to get my mind back into the place where God ha- has for me, because once I do that, then I can see the best of what God said about me. Amen. Amen. So now, if, if if we're trying to determine a first-class God and realize that we're a first-class people, first-class kingdom citizens, there are other texts and there are other scriptures that I need us to look at on tonight. Why? Because it's not just... It's not just a safe thing that you're complete, total, lacking nothing. Uh, and real quick, before I jump into our next scripture, that lacking nothing means that God has built everything on the inside of you so that you can sustain mm, your work ethics, your drive, your determination. A lot of us have allowed the world to tarnish those things, but God put into you a determination to not be a, a, a slugger. We saw in Scripture in Psalms where it, to, where it teaches us, or in Proverbs, where it teaches us not to be a sluggard. Why? Well, how can you put your hand down to the plate and never bring the food to your mouth because you're just lazy? We dealt with laziness a while ago. So now, if God is telling us that we're not to be lazy in any area of our life, why is it that we seem so comfortable in doing it? Because we're changing our mindset on this evening to get back to a first-class God. Somebody declared, I'm a first-class citizen in the kingdom of God. Amen. So now we're going we, to look over and we're going to jump to another scripture real quick. And I need you all to have your Bibles. And I, I, I really need you. This is Bible study. I told you. You know, scripture says, study to show that a approved, a workman who need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of God. So now let's look at Genesis, the sixth chapter. Genesis, the 6th chapter. We're going to stay in Genesis. We're going to bounce around a little bit, but right now we're in Genesis. Genesis, the 6th chapter, looking at the 11th through the 13th verse. The 11th through the 13th verse. And it says this. Amen. It says this. I want to make sure y'all see this. Now, the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their ways upon the earth. Verse number 13 says this. Then God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I'm about to destroy them with the earth. We all know this story. This is the story of uh, uh, Noah and the ark. And, but yet and still, we see a place where God was, was, was upset with mankind because of the violence that had begun to take place, the corruption that had begun to take place. And do you realize that when God created us in his image and in his likeness, he did not create us to suffer long with corruption? God did not. He, God does not tolerate Corruption. Yeah, that, whether it's in the church, whether it's in the home, whether it's in government, whether it's in uh, uh, how the land is governed, God does not tolerate corruption for long. We saw, we we know this story, but but we see in the beginning, and the Bible said, now the earth was corrupt. In the sight of God, that means when God looked down at his creation, everything that was supposed to have been complete and total and lacking nothing and one of a kind, he saw a spirit of corruption that hovered over the earth, and God was, he was not pleased by this. And God, and he looked down, but he found one, he found Noah that he was going to set apart during this time. Uh, too often do we fall victim of falling with the in crowd, falling with those that, 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 that s- might talk the right way, those that might act the right way or act a certain way that's appealing to our flesh, but yet and still we turn a, a death eye towards those things that are of righteousness and of holiness, these things that, that, that contradict what the world is beginning to accept. The forms of government, the forms of perversion, the forms of uh, uh, of different things in music and entertainment, and and the different uh, the the seven aspects of media, um, uh, uh, the seven different aspects of art and entertainment, and 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 the the job and and all these things, we have fallen victim of falling subject to being a part of the in crowd instead of standing out and being one of a kind. God created you one of a kind. Yes, you have family. Yes, there are children. Yes, there are spouses. But God created you one of a kind. He created you as a first-class citizen, and you do not have to respond the same way that everybody else does. You do not have to live the same way that everybody else lives. You can stand out and be a kingdom citizen. Yes, it will come with challenges. Yes, it will come with ostracization, but God has set us people, a remnant uh, uh, that he's doing the same thing with that you can come together in like minds that you'll be able to walk with that you'll be able to talk with that you'll be able to fellowship with and you'll be able to commune with see 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 we got to get out of the mindset that that there is not a standard of separation for the believer yes we minister to the lost Yes, we love the loss. The, the Bible says to love the person but hate the spirit. Yes, we can minister to them. We evangelize to them. We can even uh, uh, have relationship with them. But there's a standard that you must bear even in the midst of that relationship. You got friends that need to know the God that operates in you. You got friends that need to know the power and the authority and where it comes from in your life. You need, there's a part of you, there should be a whole man in you, a whole being in you that is adverse to what the world's standards are. The gossiping can't be. And yeah, too, too often in the church is there spent time gossiping more than there's time reading the word. There's too often in the church uh, time spent saying everything that's not the right thing, but stop and, and never lift up one another in prayer. We, we have gotten to this mindset in this generation, in this time where God is looking down and saying, when will my people stop being lukewarm? When will my people listen to my word? When will my people stand up with a banner of victory that I'm declaring? Yeah, you got to stop walking around defeated. You got to stop walking around in the midst of your battles, acting like you're barely making it through. No, if you're a child of God, you have victory over that situation. And the problem is our mind has been trained so much not to accept victory, but accept defeat because of what the world says. But behold, all things are made new. Behold, I am a child of God. Behold, I am above and not beneath. Behold, I am the lender and not the borrower. Behold, I am virtuous. Behold, I am God. And is there anything too hard for me? That's what his word says. So we have to get to a mindset. We have to get to an understanding. We got to get to a belief of separating ourselves from the corruption and beginning to get back to righteousness and holiness. Not spookiness, not scaredness, but righteousness and holiness as a standard to live by. We got to begin to live in that front seat like a first-class passenger in this thing called life. I want the best of what God has for me. I told you scripture says that I pray that you will prosper so as your soul prospers. So my soul has to be in a mindset of first class mentality because God created me in his image and in his likeness. He told Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I consecrated, consecrated you. I called you a prophet to the nations. And if he said that to Jeremiah, what has he been saying to you? He told Joshua, "Every place the sole of your feet tread upon, that land shall I give unto you." Joshua is no different than you and I. The thing that Joshua did is accepted the standard that God set for him. What are you ready to accept that God is setting for you? So, so, so now we we see that God does not tolerate uh, 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 nor does not tolerate suffering. Uh, suf- to suffer long with corruption excuse me but then I need you to get this let's let's go back to Genesis Genesis the 20 the first chapter Genesis the first chapter looking at excuse me uh, the first chapter looking at the twenty eighth, the 28th verse uh, I told you that that I didn't have it up that I had it. okay so because God created you good because God created you, to operate with the standard, because God created you to be separate and be ye holy, there's also things that God, when God created you as good, that he requires from you. Let's look at scripture real quick. Genesis, the the, the, the first chapter, looking at the 20, I'm going to do the 28th, the 28th verse. The Bible said, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. He said this. After he created him male and he female, the Bible said he created them, he said God blessed them and said to them, what? Be fruitful and multiply. To be fruitful means I have to do some work. I got to tend to some things. He said be fruitful and multiply. And subdue the earth. Be fruitful. I gotta till the land. I gotta, I gotta build, I gotta, I, I gotta do some things that's causing reproduction. I have to, I have a mandate on my life to reproduce the excellency of God in the earth. Not just you holding it to yourself when you hear it on Sunday. But my mindset and my, my 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 everything about me should be in a in a mindset of being fruitful and multiplying. When I hear the word of God and his salvation, to be fruitful, I should be sharing that with someone else. Multiply. I should be I should be asking others, do they want to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Based upon the word, because the Bible says that we are overcome by the words of our testimony. So when I share my testimony of deliverance, when I share my testimony of healing, when I share my testimony of, of serving an excellent God, who said he'd never leave me nor forsake me, when I bear witness to my testimony, not just about a million-dollar house, not just about a car, not just about a job, but when I begin to tell somebody how I was in a dark place in my life, how I've gone through hell and high water, and how I've been through so much stuff, and I relate to them on the place that they're at or the place that they've been, and then offer them Jesus Christ as their salvation, as their hope, as as their alternative to the life that they live, now I'm being fruitful and multiplying. Yeah, I I, got to get to, we got to get to a mindset of being fruitful and multiplying the things of God. We have no problem multiplying the world's tactics, the world's standards, what the world's perception is, the world's gossip. We don't have any problem multiplying that and telling so-and-so that you should watch this show. But when was the last time you told somebody, hey, you need to read this scripture. This is what this scripture spoke to me today. Or this is what I was reading in my Bible time this morning. This is what I heard the the Lord God say to me in my prayer time. This is what I've heard. When is the last time you've been multiplying those things that God is speaking to? you? Or have you lost the voice of God, or you've lost the understanding of how to hear the voice of God? Because you have operated in first class in other areas, but you've made God mediocre in your life. Who am I talking to this morning, this evening, excuse me? Uh, Because when we deal with uh, coming out of being mediocre and be, and believing that we are first class in nature, then we got to see that God dis- designed us as good to be productive and full in the earth. Now that I, if I take on a mindset that I am good, the things that God created me to do is good. So now I got to be productive with these things because I don't want to be like the servant who uh, who had the talents, who had the one talent and said, I'm going to hide it because I know my master would get it. He's a harsh master, but I'm going to be like the one who had the 10 and the one who had the five. And they went out and multiplied and brought back the master double. What are you doing with your talents and your gifts and the mind and the visions and the dreams that God has been pouring into you? Are you just self-gratifying from it? Is it just becoming something that you're self-indulgent with, that makes you sound good? You constantly tell people about the vision and the dreams, but you've never stepped out and tried to, uh, to execute the visions of the dreams. So now I need you to see that God said, be fruitful and multiply. But even before he said that, God did something powerful. The Bible says that in the beginning of verse number 28, it said, God blessed them. So before your assignment has even been revealed to you, God's blessed you with the ability. Hmm. Somebody just, somebody need to type that out. Before my assignment is revealed to me, God has already blessed me. The Bible says, so it is in heaven, so shall it be in the earth. So if God has already ordained my, sis, my uh, this season in my life, if God has already ordained what I'm going to be good at, I'm not judging my success by the world standards. Because the world standards would tell you that saving one person is not enough, or, or bringing one person to Christ is not enough. That you got to bring hundreds. But if God's assignment on your life was to deliver or make or bring that one person to the cross, you're a success. If God's one assignment in your life was to make sure your children did not grow up in the, under the same generational curses, you're a success. If God's assignment on your life said that you will never uh, uh, go through the things that, that generations before you and your family uh, had to go through, and you're not going through those things because you've come out of it, or even if you've, been, you've gone through some of it, but then you surrendered your life to Christ, and now you're doing good works, because that's what the Bible said that he created you for, good works. If you're now stepping out of that place, you're a success. And don't let anybody tell you that you're not a success in God's eyes. It's not about the numbers. It's about the mandate. It's not about how many you can bring. It's the authority that God has given you and the ones that you have brought to him that he's charged you with. Mm. Who am I talking to this evening? I'm going to go a step Let's, let's jump over real quick to Genesis 9 and 1, because I need you to see this. Genesis 9 and 1. Amen. Genesis 9 and 1 says this. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, once again, be fruitful and multiply and do what? Fill the earth. You have a mandate. Be fruitful Tell somebody about Jesus. Be fruitful. Operate in your anointing. Be fruitful. Be the best that you can be in whatever avenue of influence that you have. Be the best. Be fruitful and multiply. That means showing others, bringing others into right relationship with God. Be fruitful and multiply. Now, let's go back to Genesis 1 and 29. I know I told you I'm I'm bouncing around a little bit. Genesis 1 and 29. And it says this, and, and, I, and I want you to see this. Genesis 1 and 29, it says this, And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food to you. Why did he say this? Because he gave you everything needed to sustain you and, 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 and made everything needed available to you so that you can do what? Be fruitful and multiply, so that you can sustain. There is nothing that you should have to go to the enemy for to sustain your life. Yeah, I know the enemy told you that, 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 that there are certain things and certain indulgences that you can't live with, live without. But God said, I've given you everything. I've given you every tree yielding fruit. I've given you this thing, yielding seed to be food for you. I've given you on the inside of you the ability to pray and communicate with me. I've given you on the inside of you the ability to worship and honor me. I've given you on the ins- I've given you hands to till the soil and till the land. I've given you feet to walk the earth to do what I said that you need to do. I've given you a voice to speak my name. I've given you a mind, and I'm not just talking about the verbal voice, but a spiritual voice to speak my name. I've given you a mind to think on the things that I've caused you to think on. I think I've given you the mindset that you are, uh, that you shall prosper and not lack. I've given you the mindset that you're a kingdom-minded citizen. And when you gave your life to me, guess what? I reset the manual of what the world had you for. That's why the enemy has been testing you so much. That's why the enemy has been attacking you so much. Because your reset causes aggravation to the enemy. Somebody declare, I'm reset. My reset causes aggravation to the one who used to try to control me my reset causes aggravation to those neighbors or those frenemies that I've had that that are not uh, 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 that have not understood what a kingdom mandate is They're, that reset when, when, when you put something in the washer as dirty as it is come down I'm coming down somebody's street real quick. Uh, when you put something in the washer the the, the plan of the washer is, it, 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 it is so that it can agitate the clothing, agitate the dirt. See if you just put clothes in the washing machine and drop some, uh, detergent in there or one of those little pots, without any activation of the washing machine, it's just going to sit there. But once the washing machine is activated, it begins to fill with water, it begins to agitate the movement or agitate the clothing, it begins to agitate the environment, and it has no choice because now the soap to cleanse it, the water that's filled up, and the agitation of the machine begins to cleanse, and because dirt can't live once it's been agitated, Who did I just speak that to? Dirt can't live in your life. Sin can't live in your life once it's been agitated by the power of God. Sin can't dwell on the inside of you once the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit has been dropped into the washing machine of your life. It has been cut on and activated. It's spirit activated. So when you gave your life to Christ, He began to turn on the cycle that says, I'm agitating everything that's happened in your life. I'm agitating every issue that you thought that you had control over. I'm agitating everything that you thought that you could not get rid of because it's time for you to be washed clean. Too often do we cut off the washing machine of our life in the middle of cycles because we're unhappy or we're not comfortable with the agitation. Jesus, who am I dealing with? The agitation is designed to cleanse the product. Yeah, that's why you're not comfortable around everybody, because he's trying to agitate you to cleanse you from that thing that connected you with the wrong people. Oh, Jesus. So now somebody declare it's time to get agitated. That's not even in my notes. I don't even know where that came from. But the agitation, the, the, the agitation needed, to produce a, a first-class kingdom citizen and with a first-class mindset, with a first-class understanding, the agitation that's needed to do what God called you to be, to do what God called you to do. See, I, you gotta get agitated. You know, transition happens when agitation. Confusion is the catalyst of change. A lot of times when you go into a situation and you're confused, it produces a mindset to change something in the atmosphere, to change something in your environment. Agitation does the same thing in the spiritual man of the believer agitation when 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 you know that it's not feeling right and God is trying to he he's beginning to turn some things and and uh, and swish it back and forth so that you can get set free agitation in the lives of the believer <sighs> let's look at revelations the 21st chapter and the 5th verse i know people be scared to go to revelations but let's look at revelations to last book of the Bible, last book of the Bible, Revelations, the 21st chapter, looking at the fifth verse, Revelations, 25th tw- chapter, amen, I was reading this earlier, I forgot to highlight it, get this, it says this, and he who sits on the throne said, behold, I am doing what, making all things new, and he said, write for these words are faithful and true, what words are faithful and true? He said, I'm making all things new. Yeah, every area of your life, he's making new. Every situation that you've gone through, he's making new. Every mindset that you used to have when you came to the cross, he's making that new. He's making all things. All things new. He, he's making your life new. He's making your mind new. He's making the mediocre mindset. He's transitioning that to a mindset of first class citizen. He's turning you around from, from for his good. He's turning you around so that you can see the best of God, so that you can open up your eyes. He's taking away the old wineskins of your life and bringing in new wineskins so that he can pour new wine into your life. He's not giving you access to some old things. He's not allowing you to experience things the same way you used to experience it. Matter of fact, he's changed the way ministry is being done. He's changing the way that you're operating with your kids. He's changing the way that you're operating with your spouse. He's changing the way that you're operating on your job. He's changing, he's removing distractions so that you can have the right relationship with him so that he can build you up to send you back with a new mandate as a new thing he's agitated the atmosphere he's agitated your environment because he makes all things new these all things new see the first class nature of god and 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 why is there a first class nature of god and i'm and i'm just about done look with me real quick to hebrews hebrews the first chapter hebrews the eighth chapter excuse me hebrews the eighth chapter Hebrews the 8th chapter. I hope somebody is writing these things down. Hebrews the 8th chapter looking at the first through the fifth verse. Amen. I know y'all see me highlighting because I I just gotta, I need you to make sure. Now it says this, and I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible still. It says this. Now the main and what has been said is this. We have such a high priest who, Jesus Christ, who has taken his seat at the right hand of At the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister in the sanctuary and in the true tabernacle, which is which the Lord pitched, not man, not anything that we're building. The true tabernacle resides in heaven. Uh, He said with the Lord pitched, with the Lord built for even the high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. So it is necessary that this high priest also have something to offer. Verse number four. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all. Since there since there are those who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve a copy and who serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. Just as Moses was warned by God when he was about to erect the tabernacle for see, he says that you make all things according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. So now we, we, we gotta understand that, that Jesus is the high priest. He, he's gonna sit at the right hand of the majesty. He's oh, he's right there at the side of the father, but he's our high priest. He's above all the, 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 the ridicule. He's above all the things that are taking place in the earth. So he's sitting right there by the father in order to intercede on our behalf, in order to create the tabernacle, which we'll worship in when we get there, to, in order to create the atmosphere for us. The high priest offers sacrifice and the gifts. He's offered you your gift. He said, I'll send the Holy Spirit to that will come with gifts, the gifts of the spirit. He said, I'll send that one to you, but I'm also your sacrifice so that you can have access to the gifts. See, we we, we got to realize this, that everything that God. After what he made in the heavens, after what in the earth, after everything that he said, he, uh, what the, the, earth the way that it is patterned he said everything is good and what he made in the heavens is this he made it acceptable and a righteous place for us to dwell and to be in amen so now if 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 this is what he's done and, and 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 we need to really discuss why is it that everything that he's done patterns us after heaven. Because like I said in scripture, it says, so it is in heaven, so shall it be in the earth. See, we live in this, guess what? We live in a what is called and perceived as the sense realm. What we touch, what we taste, what we smell, what we hear and, and, and what we feel helps us to identify and navigate our environment. We have to touch, we have to feel, or we have to touch, we have to smell, we have to taste, we have to hear, and we have to see in order to navigate. It's the same thing in the spiritual. Too often have we not opened up our spiritual eyes to see the attacks of the enemy coming our way. Yeah, some of you, well, Pastor, I don't want to believe in those demons. I don't want to believe in in the spiritual beings. But do you realize that we were created in spirit before we were created in flesh? So we have access to a spiritual dimension to be able to see the spiritual attacks coming to us if we tap into the power of God. Your spirit first. So you have to open up your spiritual eyes. You have to open up your spiritual ears. Everything that somebody says uh, that sounds good is not good. Everything that you hear across a pulpit is not always right. But you have to have spiritual discernment. You have to have the, the opening of your spiritual ears so you can hear from God when it's concerning things that are going on or taking place. I'm not telling you to just simply believe Pastor Thomas because Pastor Thomas is saying this. I'm asking you to open up your word, ask God for discernment and revelation according to his will, according to his word, and according to what he said to us. Let the word open up your spiritual ears. Let the word open up your spiritual eyes. Let the word open up or allow your spiritual touch to take place or your smell. When you hear those old saints that say I can smell sin. Yeah, yeah, they are not just being too to uh super holy. They smell what sin smells like in the spiritual realm. Cool. Oh, I'm 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 not I I'm getting deep with you for a minute. some of you have been in relationships that spiritually you know God has called you out of. But your flesh man has overpowered you instead of you allowing the spirit man that operates on the inside of you to change your narrative, to change the direction. You've allowed that, that, that flesh man to rise up and, and, and subdue the spirit of God that's been trying to speak to you, that's been telling you to walk away. Hmm. God wants us to grow accustomed to excellence spiritually. I told you, we've been talking about excellence as kingdom citizens. We reflect and represent God on the earth. So get this, we cannot afford to send out mixed messages. Too long, the church has sent out mixed messages. And I'm not I'm not trying to bash the church, but too long the church has sent out mixed messages. We've only dealt with prosperity, we've only dealt with jumping up and shouting. We've only dealt with turning around three times, and God is gonna bless you with a million dollar house. We've only dealt with the million with the thousand dollar uh uh seed line, we've only dealt with that, and then you got on the other hand uh, uh that the churches that have just only talked about uh uh, uh brimstone and fire of God, and, and we've missed. The mark of coming to God with or coming to the people with a complete message as a kingdom ambassador, you have to have a completed message because God created you complete, there are blessings of God. There's also a wrath of God. There's also a judgment of God. There's also the benefit in serving God. There's also faithfulness in God. There's also love. God is love. Not even there is love. God is love. There's also joy in God. There's also peace in God. There's also safety in God. There's also all these things in God that we have to begin to tell the people about. We, we, we got to get to a place where we're giving them God in excellency in all their places in their life. Because we find too many Christians that are Christians on Sunday, but try to be different people on Monday because they don't feel like God meets the needs of the place that they're in. And we as the church have to bring people back into an understanding that God is the same on Monday. He's the same God on Tuesday when you go to work. He's the same God on Wednesday when you want to argue with your spouse. He's the same God Thursday when you want to argue with your co-worker. He's the same God when you're in the grocery store and you don't have enough money. He's the same God when you're trying to get that light bill paid and you're dealing with uh, uh, when you just lost your job. He's the same God And if we treat him as the same God, we treat his word as the same word. We begin to open up our mouth in excellency and worship him. We begin to to open up our mouth in righteousness and begin to declare his word in the earth. I guarantee that we will see lives shifted. We will see things change. We will begin to see how God can operate and function properly in the earth through us. Because we're to what? Be fruitful and multiply. So get this. I'm going to give you these five points, and I'm done. God makes all things good, complete, one of a kind, and lacking nothing. I told you that already. Number two, God does not tolerate nor suffer long with corruption. That's from the church. We've seen him destroy the temple. We've seen God destroy man. We've seen God go through seasons where he's destroyed governments. We've seen that. We see it in the Word. We see it going on in in, in the lives of our country. We see it in the history of countries. God designs things to be productive and full. That's what he's called you to be, to be productive and full. God makes everything needed and available to us. And guess what? God makes all things new. God leads by example. And that he will never expect anything of us that he has not already demonstrated in the world. He will not expect anything from us that he has not already demonstrated. The Bible says that we have a high priest that has already gone through every form of temptation. That's why he had to come to the earth so that he can know what man deals with, know how this, the enemy is tempting man. He didn't just take him up in the wilderness. He did not just take him on a mountaintop. He did not just offer him, told him to turn the stones into bread. He did not just tell him to throw himself down. And l- he went through the things that the enemy throws at us on a daily basis. So if he overcame it. He gave us the authority and the ability and the power to overcome it. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this time of study. We thank you, God, for this time to get into your word, to realize who you are in our life, that you did not create us as mediocre beings, that you created us with purpose, you created us with understanding, you created us in your image and in your likeness. And if you created us that way, God, We apologize that we have not lived up to that standard. We apologize, God, that we have saw or or we have made the, the accusation that we're not created correctly. God, as we come before you right now on this evening, God, we ask right now that you make all things new in us. Start from the very deepest parts in the most in the very deepest recesses of our life and shift the atmosphere in our life, shift the environment of our internal makeup to bring it into alignment that we were created good. God, we love you, we worship you, and we adore you. Now, anybody under the sound of my voice that does not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have that opportunity right now. He didn't create you to be mediocre. And yes, you may have had success in the world, but when your spirit is mediocre, you have nothing. God called you with great purpose. He called you with great responsibility. He called you with great assignment. I'll give you this story, and then we're done with this evening. I remember when I used to do Go-Go, and I was in this band. I was the second mic. I was in this band, and I'll never forget that... Uh, the Rackets and, Fi- and Fitness Center right next to Crystal Skates for those that are in the DMV area, right next to Crystal Skate. I remember going up there one day and um, going in there to see if if y'all that remember Ish, we went in there to see Ish to do some promotions and stuff to play. And I remember talking to Ish, but then a manager from a a, a well-known band came in there, and at the time everybody – that knows me know that I go by Taz that I went by Taz. And she says, Taz, let me talk to you. She said, You know, I see you I see you on stage all the time. And it's something different about you. It's something special about you. And at that time I, I really thought that she was just talking about me rapping and my stage performance and stage with the band, but because that was my carnal nature. But she made the statement after this, this is not the arena for you. This is not where you're supposed to be. And I brushed it off. But then after I rededicated my life, I understood what she meant. I was living a mediocre life, receiving superstar accolades. What God wanted from me was to use my gift, my anointing, my abilities for his kingdom. And he sent somebody that was that that had to reveal this to me in the secular in order for me to understand later on in the spiritual. Some of you have heard words of revelation, but because you have been operating in a secular capacity, you don't know that it's God giving you a warning to come out from where you're at. So this evening, I want to tell you that this is God telling you to come out from where you're at. I created you with excellence. I created you for my service. I created you to be a kingdom citizen. The world has offered you accolades. The world has offered you money, but I offer you salvation. Thus saith the Lord. Are you ready to step out? Are you ready to come from your family and go to the land that I've had for you flowing with milk and honey? So that person right now that's been struggling with, which, with, struggling with which way to go, God is saying, no, I need you to choose me. I need you to choose me for you and your family so that you all may prosper. I'm trying to set the blueprint of your life, and I need you to choose me. Will you choose me? Or will you continue to live in the world's success while your soul, while your spirit is crying out for me? Hmm. Father in the name of Jesus You know the people that have tuned in You know their issues, you know their struggles You know what they're going through God You know what we all face Every day is a daily battle that we face But God you're a God of Strength You're a God of power You're a God of might You're a God that redeems and restores So God right now I ask that you deposit a redemptive Spirit in your people You know their hearts. You know what they've gone through. You know what they've done. Now challenge them to become brand new. Restore their lives. Restore brokenness. Recreate, rebuild, renew. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I love you with the love of God. If you have any questions, if you have any comments about this Bible study, Please leave them in our comments section. I love to read your comments. If you need to email me, it's pastorthomas at lccionline.org. To stay connected with this ministry, we have a new text number. It's text the word LCCI to 474747 to stay up to date. I love you with the love of God. Be blessed. Enjoy your week where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. No games, no gimmicks, just Jesus. I see you on Sunday morning. Be blessed.